You're listening to Upside Down Podcast, an ecumenical conversation at the intersection of justice, spirituality, and culture. We've created this space with you in mind. So join us for unscripted conversations on God's Upside Down Kingdom. Welcome to this bonus episode of Upside Down Podcast. Just Lindsay here today, and I want to talk to you about grief, specifically the necessity of grieving 2020. And I want to start with thinking about what happens when we don't grieve. A range of studies reveal grief can weaken our immune systems, increase inflammation in our bodies, increase our blood pressure, cause fatigue, headaches, nausea, aches and pains, and lead to a loss of appetite. One striking example is the temporary heart condition known as broken heart syndrome. The precise cause isn't known, but experts believe intense grief can alter the heart muscle so much that the surging stress hormones essentially stun the heart. Broken heart syndrome is indistinguishable from a heart attack, and more than 90% of reported cases are, perhaps unsurprisingly, in women ages 58 to 75. As followers of Jesus, we know one day there will be no more suffering. We also know that day is not today. 2020 has taken much from us. Over one and a half million images of God to COVID-19 worldwide, a number that we can't really even fathom. Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, Jacob Blake, Walter Wallace, Casey Goodson, Brandon Bernard. Here in Louisville, Brianna Taylor. David McAtee, activists Travis Magdy, and Chris Smith. And those are just the names that garnered national attention. The 628 parents of children separated at the border yet to be reunited. In addition to the catastrophic and fatal, 2020 has shaken the very foundation of our lives the rhythms and routines that served as pillars for our days, the support we received from friends and family, teachers and therapists, travel to places we love and sorely miss, hugs. Maybe you are grieving the autoimmune response of the body of Christ Dr. Monique spoke of in our last episode. Maybe you're grieving that a significant majority of the white church voted for Donald Trump. Maybe 2020 has left you spiritually homeless and you find yourself in an unknown wilderness. The uniqueness to the landscape of grief in 2020 is that it is entirely collective. Across all of humanity, everyone you and I know is grieving, and that is something we, nearly everyone alive today, has never experienced. Your doctor, your mail person, your therapist, your kid's teacher, your grocery store clerk, your librarian, everyone. And because of the pandemic, we are also grieving in isolation. In Miami, I volunteered for a few years as a summer camp counselor for middle and high schoolers who had experienced trauma. The camp was facilitated by an amazing counseling center, and every year the director of the center shared a story with the campers about her friend, who due to circumstances I can no longer remember, she had to have one of her feet amputated. Before the operation, the woman had a gathering 
to honor and celebrate how her foot had served her throughout her life. She displayed photos of her foot alongside pairs of her favorite shoes and a cast that she had made of the foot. This woman knew she was about to lose something monumental, and she saw the importance of honoring it and marking the loss. As you can imagine, teenagers giggled at the thought of holding a funeral of sorts for a foot, but the message got through. Each of them had lost something, and it deserved to be marked and grieved. 2020 deserves. In fact, I think it demands to be grieved. And we deserve to move into 2021 as healthy and whole as we are able, hearts fully intact. Now, let me be clear. Some things need to be shaken from our lives and our collective human experience. We did not get to 2020 by happenstance, but by way of centuries of white supremacist domination, exploitation of our planet and her people, and disconnection from the Imago Day in ourselves and in our neighbors. As Dr. Monique said, 2020 is cumulative. We will continue to look at these things through the lens of God's upside-down kingdom, but this episode is about grieving the good that has been taken. So I'm inviting you to creatively, in an embodied way, grieve 2020. The question I have been asking myself for the last several months and the origin of this bonus episode is, how do we mark the end of so many things? Here are a couple of important things to keep in mind as we talk about grief and how to grieve 2020. First, you've heard me say this before. Give yourself permission to feel your feelings without judgment. It's generally not helpful to enter the suffering Olympics. Our losses are our losses. Naming them doesn't take away from the losses of others. One example of this in my own life, just to make you feel better about yourself, is that every time I open my closet, which is at least once a day, I see all the summer clothes that I didn't get to wear. And I feel sad. And the next emotion that immediately rises up is shame. So many people have lost exponentially more than quarantine keeping them from wearing their favorite maxi dress. I have to remind myself to remain non-judgmental towards myself and simply acknowledge the feeling. And also note that it does point to larger losses, though on some level I honestly still feel shame for like the loss of vacation or dates with my husband. So feel your feelings, but don't judge them. Second, it's important, and historically humans have inherently known this, that because our loss is communal, our grief, if we are actually to move through it, should be communal as well. COVID makes this difficult, but not impossible. Last month, after Travis Magdi was murdered, I masked up and attended a candlelight vigil in his honor. It was a socially distanced yet communal way for our community to grieve together. Showing up is good for us. Studies have shown that people who can take part in the physical rebuilding after natural or even man-made disasters, those people heal faster than folks who don't show up or who can't. You've likely felt the need to get involved tangibly. It's that feeling that there must be something I can do after a hurricane or wildfire. 
our bodies know that showing up is part of grieving and healing, and it would do us well to listen to them. And third, grief takes courage, but you can do hard things. Okay, so on to some ideas for how to grieve 2020. There are the more traditional ways we think of grieving. Your family or roommates or pod, if you're doing that, could hold a 2020 memorial service, similar to the woman who lost her foot. It could be a grief gathering of sorts, as a way to honor and mark all the things you lost this year. As the parent of three middle school boys, our family will likely write on pieces of paper the things that we lost in 2020 and toss them into a fire as a way of physically and symbolically releasing and letting go. You could create a community mural in your home or maybe even your neighborhood. Through Zoom or social media, you could have friends and family contribute one word or line each to be compiled into a communal poem. You could even do that via text. You could paint your grief. Ask her what color she is. If she is bold and rigid or pale and soft. If, like me, your favorite stage of grief is anger, you could hurl potatoes at the side of your house or garage. Another fun one for kids. You could even write on the potatoes with Sharpie, the things that fuel your 2020 fury. You could dance. The Talmud says the deeper the sorrow, the less tongue it has. Maybe your grief needs to move. You could write a song or psalm of lament and share it with friends and family or keep it for yourself. You could bury something that represents 2020. You could plant something. You could write a eulogy or an obituary for 2020. You could build an altar for all that has been lost. You could hold a Zoom story circle, a place for sharing call and response stories of grief where the group responds, we grieve together, or Lord, bottle our tears. You could go on a hike deep enough into the woods to scream and cry. Get a good salty detox. Those are just a few ideas, and hopefully they lead you to your own ways of grieving 2020. One more thought on grief. We are all likely familiar with the five stages, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. These stages were introduced in 1969 by Swiss psychiatrist Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. We might be less familiar with the fact that she never intended for the stages to be understood linearly, and that since then, her colleague and co-author of her last book on grief and grieving, David Kessler, has added a sixth stage, meaning. Kessler argues that finding meaning can transform grief into a more peaceful and even hopeful experience. St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So that. Did you catch it? This is the meaning David Kessler is reaching for. 
Paul makes it clear that we receive comfort and compassion from the divine so that we can comfort and extend compassion to others. For some of us, this looks like daily acts of grace toward children with yet developed prefrontal cortexes who we happen to be quarantined with. For others, it's starting a nonprofit birthing center to improve birth outcomes in communities with the lowest quality of care, like our friend Cecily Smith. 2020 is a part of us now. There are plenty of memes out there about hindsight being 2020, and I don't know anyone not ready to leave it behind. But for us to move forward healthy and whole, we have to incorporate it. We have to make meaning from it. Not only has 2020 taken much from us, it has also revealed much about us. And we have lots of work to do if we are to usher in God's dream for Shalom. But we can't do it if we don't name and grieve our losses. The Gregorian calendar isn't a magical flipping of the switch. But for those of us who operate from it, it remains meaningful and significant to our psyches. So my question for myself and each of you listeners is, what is the meaning you will make of 2020? What is your so that? Because what we learn from our grief, the meaning we make of it, is not just for us. Thanks for listening. Show notes for this bonus episode can be found on Instagram at Upside Down Podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review and share this episode with a friend or on social media if it was helpful to you. We will be back in your earbuds in 2021. Blessings.